thank you for this time to come together and worship you. In Jesus' name. In the year 587 BC, the city of Jerusalem was attacked by the Babylonian Empire. And a year later, the city and the temple were plundered and burned. Thousands of Israelites were taken from their homes and relocated all over ancient Babylon. They became exiles. And so now they're a minority surrounded by a new culture with new gods. Now, some Israelites chose to resist Babylon by revolting or withdrawing. Others gave in, adopting the Babylonian way of life and accepting these new gods as their own. And you might think those are your only two options, but the prophet Jeremiah told them to do something totally different and surprising. To settle in, build houses, plant gardens, grow families, and most surprisingly, to seek the well-being of Babylon and pray to the Lord on its behalf. So this is... Like a third way. Yeah, it's not compromise or revolt. What does it look like? Well, there's a whole book of the Bible that explores that question. It's the story of Daniel. Daniel was one of the Israelites taken into the Babylonian exile. And because Daniel had a royal heritage and education, he was recruited along with some friends to work in the high court of Babylon. Work for the enemy? That would be compromise. Or they could gain the king's trust and take him down from the inside. That's what you might expect. But instead, they take Jeremiah's advice and choose the third way. They serve the king of Babylon, taking on Babylonian names and even clothing style. So they seek Babylon's well-being. But in doing so, aren't they just giving up their heritage? It could seem that way, but actually they aren't. As you read on, the story focuses on moments where they draw the line and they choose faithfulness to their God and resist the influence of Babylon. So, for example? Well, like when they're commanded to bow down to the idol of Babylon and give allegiance to the king as if he's a god. Ah, they won't go that far. Right. This is where you see their true loyalty. It requires them to critique Babylon's idolatry of power, its arrogance, its injustice. But they do it non-violently by laying down their lives. And so God vindicates Daniel and his friends for their faithfulness. So they would serve Babylon, seek its well-being, but their loyalty was always to God. Yeah, this is what Jeremiah was envisioning. The way of the exile is a combination of loyalty and also subversion. So they're still exiles, but don't Daniel and his friends long to go home? Yes. In fact, Daniel believed that God was going to send a ruler to bring down Babylon and create a true kingdom of peace. Ah, when did he think this ruler would come? Well, at first he thought within his lifetime, but then he had a dream where he found out that after Babylon would come another oppressive empire, then another, then another. And so Babylon did fall and Israel did get to go back home, but now they're ruled by Babylon's successors. And so they maintained the mindset of an exile waiting for their true home to come to them. And they continued the same practice of loyalty and subversion to any new versions of Babylon that came along. And this leads us to the time of Jesus. The empire of his day was Rome, ruled by Caesar. Now, some Israelites wanted to resist, while others gave in and adopted Roman culture and its gods. But watch Jesus carry on the subversive loyalty of Daniel. Like when he said, it's fine to pay taxes to Caesar, give him back his coins. But then he said, don't mistake Caesar for God. God's the one who deserves your total life and allegiance. So the way of Jesus is this same mix of loyalty and subversion. Yeah, like he taught his followers to love and even bless their enemies. 
But he also got arrested for speaking out against the corrupt leaders of Jerusalem and Rome. He critiqued their idolatry of power and it cost him his life. But God vindicated him by raising him from the dead as the true king of the nations. The king that Daniel had hoped for. Right. And Jesus promised that one day his kingdom would prevail. And so until then, his followers are living in a type of exile. Yeah, this is why the Apostle Peter calls followers of Jesus foreigners and exiles. He told them to respect the authorities of whatever place you happen to live, to honor and love all people. But then he reminds them that this isn't their true home. They're still living in Babylon. But, well, they're not living in Babylon. Babylon doesn't exist anymore. Or does it? In the Bible, Babylon has become a symbol that describes any human institution that demands allegiance to its idolatrous redefinitions of good and evil. Okay, so we all live and work in Babylon. How do I seek the well-being of Babylon while my allegiance is to someone greater? Yes, Jesus' followers are called to live in that tension between loyalty and subversion. That's the way of the exile. All right. Good morning, Bluemont and friends. It's good to be here. Uh, we are, I'm Jonathan Hupp, and it's great joy to have Himaloya in our studio for the first time, where she's co-hosting with, with me this morning, and it's good stuff. Good morning, Hema. Good morning, everyone. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling awake. I hope you guys are awake after worshiping, so... Yeah. We're good to go, right? Yes, okay. very much. I, I don't know how you could help but be awake. That was really, really encouraging for mm -hmm. me. That time in that video, I love that Bible Project video we just watched about mm -hmm. the third way. We're going to talk about that today. Um, we'll be continuing our Now Matters Later theme that we started a couple weeks ago, talking about planting and harvesting. And uh, then last week, Bo and I, Bo Banner and I talked about beginning with the end having a vision for our lives. And today it's kind of looking at a more clear idea of what that end is, um, the end we should have in our mm -hmm. communities uh, around us, our larger communities. Um, so we're going to dive right in, but yeah. um, Amy, you got a question for everybody. We want to get some you. input from you all too. Yeah. So what is like one difficult or um, controversial thing that you have encountered um, recently? So you guys can go ahead and send those questions in. and Yeah, I think we have that question. Can we put that up on our screen here for everybody to see? Um, one difficult, divisive, or controversial issue mm -hmm. that you ran into recently. Yeah. Um, we, uh, you know, there have been a lot of those mm. that are going around. And, and kind of the whole third way, I like in the video, he's talking about one way is is you're living in a in a in a culture that's hostile mm -hmm. to the things of God. A lot of times, one natural response is to to withdraw and to like take a stand against those things. Another response is to compromise mm -hmm. and just to join in and go along with what's going on around you. And this is talking about the third way mm -hmm. of of blessing our cities, um, being ultimately loyal to Jesus. Um, but also loyal to people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means saying no to things being countercultural, but it's always from a heart 
of seeking the best for people. Mm -hmm. And along with, with those, we also see the, the need for a third way and like the left right issues. And, yeah. you know, I, I think a lot of the issues we've been facing, um, have been, you know, questions, people have strong feelings about things like, should I wear a mask? Mm -hmm. Should, uh, should people be getting together? Should churches meet? And it can be easy to, you know, there are very divergent opinions mm -hmm. about those things. And I heard one pastor say recently that as our churches start coming back together, that it's going to be one of the biggest tests of unity we've ever faced. Yeah. Because we've got people in every church that feel very differently about those things. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I've noticed is that those, it's one thing to have a, an opinion or to, you know, to be reading an article or a video about, about those things. Mm -hmm. But it's when, we're, when I'm talking to an actual person mm -hmm. who's feeling strongly about those things. That changes it a lot. Yeah, for sure. That that really changes it. So, have you? What's what's your experience been yeah. with that? So, I'm glad you asked because. Um, so, I don't know if you guys know, but I am working with Success Vision Express, which we basically we make glasses for people in an hour or less. <laughs> so <laughs> Sounds like a commercial it, there. There, yep, that's our little jingle. But um, yeah, so. With that, um, we are actually considered an essential service. And so throughout this whole COVID-19 thing, I've actually been, you know, working in that kind of thing. And so the reason why I mentioned this is because, um, let's say like a month ago, maybe a little, a couple weeks ago, it's been like a month, but, um, so we partner with the optometrist next door and, um, they were taking in patients. And so we ended up finding out that that patient later on, like had been exposed to, um, the coronavirus. And so then, um, we were told, okay, like you guys may not have it. You may have it. Like if you were in contact with, um, the people from that office, you might have it. And so for me, so all that, at once the feel like the Corona issues became more real. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. This, yeah. this feels different. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So that patient like had coronavirus, And so then they told our side of like the optical place. I don't know. I can't remember the per perfect words or the right words to say. Um, but they told us like, Hey, you are more than welcome to quarantine yourself or to keep working. Like there's like really low chance that you have it, but it's up to you. And so I internally had this conflict, like this inner conflict of like, do I go to work? Do I not go to work? And so I wrestled a lot with that, trying to figure out like, well, I don't have symptoms. First of all, second of all, you know, it's not really affecting me, but then as like, just kind of seeking counsel from people like my, my, my family and that kind of thing, they were like, okay, well, yeah, you may not be um, affected by it, but it could affect other people, even though you don't have symptoms. And so I kind of had to make that choice of like, Oh, like, do I want to honor people by not going or like, what is my conviction for it? Mm -hmm. And so even though I, like the people were telling me, Oh, it's fine. You're fine. Or like people were like, it's bad. It's bad. I kind of had to like seek, um, like what I internally thought would be correct to do. And so yeah. that's kind of like the experience that I had <laughs> with like trying to figure out, okay, well, what do I do with this? Yes. I love it. So you were finding the third way, yes. like the way yeah. for you to follow Jesus in a way mm -hmm. that was loving people and, but also, you know, yeah, loving people and loving Jesus, mm -hmm. navigating those relationships. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, let's, we're going to look at the scripture that the, the video talked about. It's in the book of Jeremiah, and actually the prophet Jeremiah mm -hmm. had, had given instructions to the Israelites before they went into exile um, to Babylon. And it's important to realize that Babylon was the epitome of evil. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's like if, if right now there's some tension between the U.S. and, and China, this would be like us going to Beijing. Mm-hmm. Like this is like, OK, man, we're going to the enemy, basically. And they've taken us over and we're being forcefully relocated to live in this this culture that the Israelites saw. And justifiably so as very corrupt, very broken, um, very evil. I mean, all the all the, the epitome of evil was very much present in Babylon. And that's that's actually a motif throughout Scripture that Babylon represents the city of man, the place where, where we are building our own lives and cities, nations mm-hmm. based upon pride, humanism. There was, you know, the authoritarian power that the, that the emperor had, um, stuff like infant sacrifice, mm-hmm. pagan, pagan idolatry. I mean, all evil, evil stuff. But these were the people, this was the city where the Israelites were sent to. Mm-hmm. And so this, this direction that God gives the Israelites is very different than what they would expect. And so, Hima, can you go ahead and, and read? We're going to read Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 7. For sure, I can do that. So it says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, To all those I carried to exile, from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses, settle down plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they may too have sons and daughters. Increase in number there and do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city for which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you will too prosper. Yeah. Again, I think it's hard for us to grasp how radical this would be to, mm-hmm. to God-fearing Israelites who had known like they were supposed to be separate from the nations mm-hmm. and set apart, and they were actually coming under judgment because they'd compromised with the nations. And so here they're going to the, the epicenter of evil, and God's saying, pray for the peace of this city, and build houses, plant gardens, build families, mm-hmm. get married, settle in for a long haul, and really seek the peace, mm-hmm. seek the prosperity the place you're at. And this tells us a lot of things. Um, one thing it tells us, this will kind of want to highlight too. The first mm-hmm. thing it tells us is that God loves the wrong kind of people. Ooh. Yeah. God <laughs> loves the wrong kind of people. We all think like, Hey God, yeah, you love me. But mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, but that it's the, we, we like mm-hmm. the idea of God loving humanity, but when it comes to actual, like those people, <laughs> we're not so sure. Yeah. And really this is the essence of the gospel. Uh, Romans 5, 7, and 8 says that very rarely will someone die for a, a good person. Yeah. But at the right time, God, when we were still sinners, God died, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. And that's the gospel right there, that yeah. when we were the wrong kind of people. And in many ways, even those of us who are, who are followers of Jesus, we still are the wrong kind of people. Mm-hmm. I've been f- brought, that has been brought to my attention very humble in a very humbling way even this weekend of seeing my own need for Jesus and how mm-hmm. how how broken I am. But thank God God doesn't just love those who deserve it. He loves sinners. He loves wrongdoers. Mm-hmm. And so that's important for us to remember that even even people in who are sinners, even in broken systems, even those part of the, the political party we don't belong to or pushing agendas we don't agree with, those are image bearers. Those are people made in God's image who he created and loves and died for. Mm -hmm. And so when we're loyal to Jesus, we become loyal to to broken people as well. Again, not the people we would pick to say, oh, yeah, that's that's a good person to love. But the people that we would see as our enemies are unlovable. 
So I love that in here, that God loves the wrong kind of people. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that really just hits me across the head is that we flourish when we help our community flourish. Yeah. We flourish when we help our community flourish. And there was an article in the Manhattan Mercury about it in the last week. And it was by kind of a column by a guy who's an introvert. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, you know, for me, actually, this isolation has been a pretty good deal. Because I've, I've actually only had one meaningful conversation with someone who wasn't my spouse. Mm-hmm. And I actually feel like I'm doing pretty good with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is interesting that there are things that God, has, God does in our lives in isolation. And there are things we, we can only experience when it's just us and God. But there are also things we can only get around other people. Mm-hmm. And what that individual was not recognizing, and I'm, I tend to be an introvert too, so I can relate to this, is that I may feel like I'm doing okay, but there are things I'm missing out on mm. if I'm not connected to a larger community and caring about it flourishing. Yeah. And, sure. um, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, so you're introverted, right? And I'm yes. extroverted. So I love being around people. So for me, this is like, oh, I want to yeah. go be with people and like love on people. Um, and it wasn't as hard just because I was at home with like, all of my favorite people. You, you know, got a household is, that's like a yeah. mini city right there. Yeah, there you go. It's like a whole city of ev- a little bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, but I like realized and saw like that need to like get like a different perspective from mm. like other people. And so working really helped with that. But like if I didn't have like that outside source, I think I could, honestly could have probably gotten like depressed or something because mm-hmm. I, you do need like that outside, like, you know, a little nudge or push. And so one thing that I really, I don't know that I think about this is that, you know, we are all called to be like little, um, glimpses of light, um, to like the world. So yeah, like maybe you are doing great at home. Maybe you are, um, thriving being at home, but like, you know, there are people out there who need to see like that little glimpse of light. And like, that's ultimately like where we're, what we're called to do as believers is to like expand on that. Yeah. And so that's good. And I think that makes me think too, that it's not just like, we have a saying around here that you can't do life alone Yeah. and we, we need community. We need Mm -hmm. relationships. Uh, but what even goes farther in, in these instructions that God gave the people of mm-hmm. Israel through Jeremiah is that it wasn't only that, hey, as the believing community does well, mm-hmm. you'll do well. But it was as the unbelieving community does well. Mm-hmm. As the city of Babylon prospers, you'll prosper. Yeah. And so our, even if, even those of us who are Christians, we can be like, oh, well, I'm doing okay. And man, my church community, we're doing good. Mm-hmm. But there's, we're tied in, we're called to be part of a bigger community. And actually our well-being is connected to serving and giving and, and seeing God's grace come in the community mm-hmm. around us. And so we're actually going to call now, we've got our, we want well, another great call we've been doing week after week. This has been one of my favorite things mm-hmm. about our, our Sunday live streams. And we're going to call our friend, um, Pam McDermott. And so let's go ahead and call her up. And yeah. as we're doing that, or as she comes up, I want to intro why, why we thought we'd call her mm. this morning. She's got a pretty cool. Yeah. Pam is amazing. Pam is amazing. Hey. Hi, Pam. Good morning, Pam. Hello. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you too. I was <laughs> listening, but I think I'm, I didn't realize that, uh, you're probably a little ahead of where the recording is, so oh. Oh, caught me off guard. Yeah, sorry. There's that. There's like a five-second delay or something. That's but okay. You you recovered quite well. 
So good to see you, Pam. Is, good to see you too. Yeah, we Pam is the one of the pastors at Morningstar Church in Lawrence, Kansas. She and her husband John started Morningstar, and actually, my uh, the when I first I went to KU, my I remember my first day in Lawrence. I was in their house, and John was out of town, and so I remember meeting Pam. It was like one of the very first people I met. And it's cool because I've seen the Morningstar grow from a church in, in their living room to now really a, a church that one of the things I love the most is, I mean, there have been so many changed lives that, that God has used this community to mm-hmm. impact. But also seeing the way Morningstar is and has been a blessing to the yeah. Lawrence community. And you know, a lot of times Lawrence is even more of a polarized place. It can be than, than other places. Um, although we all are pretty polarized right now. But I've, some of the things that are cool on a bigger, a bigger scale is when we start done stuff like a ministry called Family Promise, where there's a big homeless issue in Lawrence. And so different churches take a week at a time and they open up their buildings for yeah. members of the homeless community to come in and live and, and have, have, have a place there and, and build relationships and get connected and, and have their basic needs met. Um, through our call to greatness, youth ministry and sports ministry. It's been a great outreach into the community of just helping all sorts of kids um, who maybe didn't have access mm-hmm. to all of the sports opportunities, um, different, maybe less privileged or less you know, economically advantaged kids, really build relationships and serve those. Um, been things with foster care, elementary schools, really mm-hmm. serving those. Um, we could go on and on, but I, I love, uh, there's a thing called Justice Matters. We're really dealing with issues of justice, especially with, with the jail there and that community. And so I love how, how Morningstar has made a big difference in the community. But Pam really embodies, in a lot of ways, the, the heart and the, the, like, the way of living that brings that about. And so um, I don't want to, well, we really want to let her speak to what's mm-hmm. behind that. So Yeah, so we have a few questions for you. Are yeah. You, are you ready? <laughs> she's she's ready. She's okay, ready. Cool. All right, all right. I'm ready. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not watch you guys while I just talk here. Okay, good <laughs> okay. idea. That sounds like a plan. My brain's not. My brain can't do all those things at once. So. All right. You but I'm excited button. to talk about this. I I love this. I that that uh, way of the exile video is probably one of my favorites that the Bible uh-huh. Project has, and I think just helps unpack so. Um, simply what our lives should look like. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk about that today. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So would you be able to just kind of describe like what your, this journey has looked like and like maybe just like how you got to like where you are right now? Yeah. I was thinking about this, um, you know, how did some of this start? And it's, those are just great questions to ask yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and be asked, I think. So one thing I think for me is that, um, in my own life, I've, I just think I've never forgotten, you know, remembered what it was like to not know God, to mm-hmm. be in the world as Paul described in Ephesians, um, you know, without God and without hope. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, my, yeah. my story is I didn't grow up in a church. My family, mm-hmm. they weren't Christians. And so I can remember like just um, in elementary school, my parents got divorced. There was like a year that was a lot of things happened, very traumatic. And I can just still remember like my eight-year-old, nine-year-old self and that at that time. And, and then um, really having an encounter with Jesus at a Christian hmm. summer camp as a wow. teenager. And so all of those things, it's just like, I can still remember what it felt like to not know God. And so hmm. I think being in touch 
with your own story and not forgetting like what it was mm-hmm. like to mm-hmm. not have that is, yeah. um, you know, a great starting point. And then, um, John and I got married after college and just another thing we were needing to make some extra money and we started working at a group home here in Lawrence. And I, I kind of mm-hmm. convinced John that, Hey, this will be great. We'll work two days a week and it'll be like $800 a month. And it'll be like being camp counselor. You know, that's <laughs> kind of how I pictured it. And I loved being a camp counselor. So um, that, that was sort of the picture I gave him. And we started working at O'Connell Youth Ranch, which Jonathan's familiar with here in Lawrence. Yes. And Actually, my childhood kids. horse ended up at O'Connell yeah. Youth Ranch. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. So we started working there a few days a week. And um, out of that, like we were working with uh, 10, 10 boys ages, like 10 to 18, basically, mm-hmm. who really just, it was a lot more challenging than being a camp counselor. But <laughs> they didn't go that, home at the end of the week. Yeah, we earned our $800. <laughs> so out of, out of that experience, we, we realized there was an opportunity to be foster parent for a boy that lived there who... Uh, he didn't know his dad, his mom's rights were severed, and his grandfather had just passed away, his really only family connection. And, um, you know, we, we decided that he could come and live with us. We built a house, and so we had, at that time, I think a one-year-old, I think Alex felt like was one, and mm-hmm. Brian was 14. And a lot of people thought we were kind of crazy. What's the question? Mm-hmm. Like, what in the world, like, you don't, like, you don't know what you're doing, and how's that going to work? We didn't know either, but we just thought, you know, how do you say no to that? How do you yeah. say yeah. no when right. this opportunity is in front of you to say yes uh-huh. and someone can have a home and a family, you know? So, um, you know, you can figure things out and, uh, you know, so we move forward with that. So I think, too, just getting on the journey of saying yes and, think, you know, mm-hmm. being willing to be inconvenienced and yeah. work out challenging things is mm-hmm. another thing. So... That for us was really just the beginning of people living with us, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I think for so many years we had people living with us, which really leads to that. To the other thing I thought of was someone said recently, culture is really guided by the lives that leaders live and sometimes by the words they say. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, that was the years we were starting our church and like Jonathan, he was around and he would tell you, there were always people living with us. Yeah, it was like, that's right. it was building family in a real way. Mm-hmm. You you can't fake it when there's people living with you. It keeps feet on the ground, firmly planted. Right. At least it did in our situation. So, yeah. That's um, good. Which it really yeah. comes back to like, you said op- this was an op- how could you say no to this opportunity? Mm. And it just hit me like a lot of times we like the idea of, oh, making a difference, mm-hmm. like, you know, justice. But the opportunity is a person. Yeah. It boils down yeah. to an individual that am I going to love? How am I, am I going to love this person and how? Truly true. So it just kind of starts there and then it becomes a journey. And like even now we are still in the last few years have had kids with foster parenting and. While we were out of town last week on vacation, it's funny. They, I think the KVC, the foster parent, or the, hmm. you know, the organization that we have our license through, mm-hmm. they said, hey, we're going to, they're trying to just be generous towards people who are foster parents during this whole pandemic thing. And mm-hmm. they're like, we're going to put a sign in your yard. A hero lives here. And Don and I just laughed. We were like, wow, so this is what being a hero feels like. <laughs> it feels like what you think 
it's going to feel like, you <laughs> right. know, and we just, I think it's all like that. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. That's so good. I, I, yeah, that is really true. Like in the movies, you're like, oh, there's music in the background, and oh, that's the yeah, hero. Yeah, no, not so much. But it's not like that. Yeah, it doesn't usually feel that way. Not so much. Is there any other advice you would have for someone who, who wants to make a difference, who, who wants to help you know, their, their community flourish and prosper? I think it's just, honestly, you have to make time hmm. to um, be in your community and find places maybe to volunteer and then be willing to just go on a journey. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wanted to just go back, like the first point on that video, I think um, they said that it was, you can withdraw, what was it? Mm -hmm. it was Compromise or withdraw, yeah. Yeah, and I just think that that's a lot of times how a lot of Christians think that we should live in the world. That's mm -hmm. kind of almost a, um, what I understood even as a Christian way of, you know, doing life. Like, hey, all right, I can't do much out there, but I can uh, have my own relationship with Jesus, and I can um, get my own, uh, you know, become a good, kind, moral person that doesn't inflict pain in the world. And there is, that. there's truth to that. We don't want to be part of the problem, but right. this third way is really about being a kingdom person. Yeah. It's, it's um, someone that was really a mentor to me early on in my Christian life said, hey, Christian people homeschool their kids, but kingdom people homeschool other people's kids. Hmm. So it's finding a way that it's not just about you and your life and, um, you know, being intentional. Sometimes that looks like things have to find a place on your calendar. You just have to be, you know, willing to just get your hands messy and kind of go out and start. And mm -hmm. I, I know for me, like one way that we got involved with elementary schools here in town was, just through our relationship with one of our youngest son's uh, friends who, uh -huh. you know, was, he lived with us. And I was wanting to volunteer in Sarah's elementary school. Okay. And we we're in the part of town where all the parents volunteer. Like it was a race to volunteer to, you know, have an opportunity. And I, and I just thought, well, this is like, we're not, I'm not really needed here, but right. I wondered about Mikey's school okay. on the yeah. other side of town. Okay. And so I went over there and talked to his teacher. And they didn't, you know, they were just, they're in a place where they didn't have parents that were involved right. at their school at all. Yeah. And so for me, it was just getting involved with his teacher and his class, which led to a lot of opportunities where I just dragged, hmm. you know, my friends along with me. And <laughs> you know, our church community came along and uh -huh. uh, we were all a part of that for several years until eventually the greatest thing you can really um, I think give to a community is people and mm -hmm. Jesse and Tori Brinson moved yeah. Up, yeah. You know, to that side of town and, and other people too. So right. that's just how that started was be willing to go on a journey and see things. Hmm. Have that mm -hmm. open your eyes, so. Yeah. I love that. So again, one kid, like seeing one kid caring about him and then the yeah, world and around I, and him. I just think, yeah. And I think one thing that, you know, can get in our way is, um, which I had to think about, you know, we all have to, but one day it's just like, I had the thought, like, do our, do my, does my family have enough? Hmm. Um, hmm. So we can just think, well, if I go give right. my time somewhere else or give my money somewhere else or give my right. um, life somewhere else, you know, what about my family or my kids hmm. or my, hmm. and, and just this realization of like, wow, my kids have enough. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, they have enough, but, other people don't have enough. 
I mm. can go and there's enough for everybody. And mm. just think that that's how God works. That's how it works. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's uh, we should tweet that this week. <laughs> Do I have enough? <laughs> Do we have enough? Yeah, like, yeah, it's just enough. My, you know, I've I've done enough. I'm doing enough for my family. Uh-huh. I need to um, give everything I have there. Right. I can give other places too. Yeah, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, and I love Pam just how you're describing like your you wanting to do things but like just like saying yes to them even though like other people don't want to do them and just like being committed and being like okay I'm gonna say yes to this so I'm gonna do it and then I'm gonna like you know just be all in mm-hmm. and so that's really yeah. encouraging to hear and you know I-, I love always talking to you because you're always like super <laughs> encouraging you're sweet oh <laughs> <laughs> but okay so I have another question for you so it says okay out of your desire to see Lawrence flourish um what are three what are is there like a way in which in which you've chosen to be um, subversive? Yes, I would say that. Um, Pam likes being subversive. She I was she's looking for opportunities. <laughs> she's looking for. The I have had. A, I I don't think I've always. I mean, I I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've always been that way, but maybe yeah. I have actually. So I've just not always had the courage to be subversive. <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah. Big big I've, deal for I've all grown of us. In my, Willingness and courage to be subversive. But I think for us being a part of our church community and individuals, because it's not, you know, a church's individuals that come together, but being a part of Justice Matters in Lawrence has been one way that our church has been subversive. And mm-hmm. when you, you know, talk about doing, you know, acts of mercy, acts of mercy, no one fights those. Like you're trying mm-hmm. to help people to give and, right. you know, that sort of thing. But when you look around and, you know, start to think about where's the injustice in our community. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what we did when we started Justice Matters, our church didn't start it, but we were on the, in the, you know, John was the first co-president and mm-hmm. uh, we were very excited about it. Mm-hmm. But the way that they found uh, the injustice in our community, such a simple thing is we had house meetings where we asked a few questions. Hey, uh, you know, we invite our neighbors and just came around asking these questions and this can work for anyone. What makes you angry? Hmm. Um, what keeps you awake at night? And how do you see that uh, Lawrence could be a more just city? Hmm. And just talking about uh, those three questions, like yeah. kind of surveying our whole community, you begin to hear stories and you just begin to be able to be involved and hear where the injustice is. And um, God cares about injustice. Mm-hmm. and. So what that's done is there's issues in our community that have really put us against um, the government of our city. Hmm. And, for example, jail expansion. You can just look up the articles of that on Hmm. the Internet if you're interested. But, um, you know, our community wants to, our government wants to almost double the size of our county jail in in a period of our history where we're trying to decrease that, right? Mm-hmm. which would also increase taxes in our community for the next 30 years, which, you know, it's hard enough for young mm-hmm. families and people to own homes. And so there's all kinds of issues that have come up around that. And uh, we, Justice Matters has not been, uh, they are opposing, you know, mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. local city government. So mm-hmm. it's been, that's been. Yeah. 
And you were wonderful going, to be a part of. And I'm not super familiar with it, and we don't want to get in the weeds, but <laughs> you were running, there was financial incentive for that jail expansion. It wasn't just about, hey, we can yeah. serve the community here, but there, there's, there's, there are powers that play into why that would be an appeal to the Absolutely. Government. There's things that don't even make sense about why they're pushing for the expansion of, of a jail, doubling the size of our jail. So it was interesting during this whole pandemic how quickly they were able to empty the jail hmm. of nonviolent offenders, which is something oh. we've been pushing for and asking them to find solutions to that right. for mm-hmm. three years. And right. so, um, you know, I'm even, like right now, I'm thinking like possibly running for county commission myself. Like, is that something, is that a way I could serve mm-hmm. my city? And would that mm-hmm. be something that, you know, God might be leading? So, yeah, pray pray about that as I pray about that. Okay. We will pray for that. <laughs> we'll pray with you. Yeah. Pam for Because I'm not sure commission. if I'm that person or if I'm just a person who really wants to be more outwardly subversive. Right. <laughs> Keep your hands free a little bit for that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, well, this last, I want to ask one more question, and this is one, I know you have a lot of thoughts, and we all do, but when we look at our current situation with the global pandemic, and obviously, thank God, it's, it's not that in Riley County and Douglas County right now, um, but what are, this is a divisive issue, and it's clearly a need for the third way is, is among us in our mm-hmm. communities and our relationships with people and serving our communities. So just, you have a, th- a thought or two about how this third way really applies to this, the cultural situation we're all in right now. The cult, the, the, the with, um, with, with COVID-19 and the questions surrounding that. Um, that's not how I understood that question, okay, I guess. Okay, put you on the then. spot so here. You I have lots of other thoughts about the way I understood that question. <laughs> okay, Just well, give us your best give one. Us your, I yeah. think, you know, I do think it's, I do think some of it, though, is like getting together and just talking about that and very, like, there's a lot that can happen if we're just willing to come together and, and talk about, um, you know, how we feel and why we think that and, you know, mm-hmm. just being honest, you know, about mm-hmm what our thoughts really are. So yeah, about that. Good. Which is really, if you heard him at the beginning, I loved how that was her process as she was navigating that decision at work is talking yeah. to her coworkers, talking to the people she lives with, mm-hmm. thinking about yeah. that implications and yeah. looking at on a personal level, how it affects people. Yeah. Great. Yep. So Okay. Exciting time to be figuring these things out, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> yeah. We got a great laboratory we're living in right yeah. here. It's it's the real deal, for sure. I think it's just learning to. I, I love. I I'm a fan of a lot of what Bob Goff says about becoming love, and I think going mm. on this journey of of loving people and you know really seeing people as human beings with real lives and you know the things we do when we volunteer and become involved with people. We don't. You know, you don't want to treat people as objects or projects. Mm-hmm. Like, we all know when we have felt that way. It's not mm-hmm. a good feeling. Nobody wants to be treated that way. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, noticing people and listening to them and really, you know, at learning to be curious and ask questions. And mm-hmm. um, there's just a lot to hear mm-hmm. when we're willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times as Christians or just human beings, we... Mm-hmm. Um, you want to figure out what's the right thing, the right answer, right. The right, you know, be on the right side where it's, yeah. I don't think it has to be so narrow as that. Yeah. 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 So good. 
yeah. so good. That's really good. I think I, I love that you said like, it reminds me of like, be quick to listen and slow to like act or like do things. But like, I love how you emphasize, like sometimes we just have to listen to like what, what's going on or like what people are saying and mm -hmm. that will like make a difference. Yeah, for sure. It makes a big difference. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good. Well, I think that's something we can all take with us today, which is really what our goal was this morning. So thank you, Pam. It's been so oh, good it's having fun. you. Fun to be there. We were, we were hoping my original plan was to invite you in the middle of June and then we realized, oh, man, our live stream, this is going to be the last Sunday. So we, we rearranged our whole plans basically to fit this here because we really wanted You're to make sweet. it work. So it was a good decision <laughs> for sure. So, well, thank you. Oh, it's fun to be there. I wish I could see all your faces. It's not very fun to talk into a yeah. great screen here. Yeah. Sorry about that. Thanks for, thanks for okay. laying it down for the cause. Appreciate it. That's all right. All right. Okay. Bye. We'll Bye, catch you later. Take care. All right. That okay, <laughs> that was fun. And I think Pam's given us so much to mm -hmm. just chew on and apply. Yeah. Really more apply than chew on probably because yeah. I think there's, it's, it's chewed on already. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> She's chewed on it for us. Yeah. Um, so we're going to just kind of bring it home here. Yeah. Um, we had one more question though we to want to toss out. What was that question, Hema? Well, the for you all. Yes. So this if you want to, if you have questions as you're thinking about this, <laughs> That, ap that apply and maybe we could interact with that if, mm -hmm. if, there's, if, if there's time. Yeah, so um, in what question or issue do you see the need for the third way like today? Yeah, so, so in your, yeah, where do you see the need yeah. for the third way? Any issues, um, cultural or neighborhood you or personal, whatever it is, yeah. yeah. Where do you see a need for the third way? So if you type those in, we'll, we'll, we'll take a stab at them here in a little bit. Uh, I wanna just kind of, go back to that Jeremiah idea and just the question of where, where do I practice the third way? And Pam touched on this really well, uh, so I'm going to go through this quickly, but we're going to look at three ways to carry this out. The first place, and we see back in Jeremiah, is, is in our household. Mm -hmm. There's the old saying that if it's not working at home, don't export it. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting that Jeremiah told them, hey, go to that, go to Babylon and build houses, plant gardens. And that's, we, it may be missing what was behind that because it would have been easy for them to say, hey, we're refugees here. You mm -hmm. were, we were deported. We were brought here. We don't have anything. We don't have any resources. We're just going to be like, you take care of us and we're going to hang on until hopefully God delivers us back to our homeland. Mm -hmm. But God was basically telling them, hey, no, don't be consumers or dependents, become producers. Yeah. And that's really what the idea of a household is. is you were saying something like about your household. It's a mini community. Mm. And we start, it's not the end all be all. Mm -hmm. That's sometimes a trap that Christians can fall into, like Pam was talking about. Oh, when do we ever have enough? When do we ever feel like our family has enough yeah. to think beyond our borders? But it is the place we got to start. And really building a house, it's not just about like, hey, me, like having a nice pad, but it's an environment for, mm -hmm. for people to live in and grow up in and be a picture of what the kingdom looks like and a place to bring other people into yeah. and exercise. Uh, practicing hospitality and blessing other people and loving the neighborhood around us. Mm -hmm. So it starts with, with my household, mm -hmm. but with a vision that our household is for something bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then similarly, we practice the third way in our local church. Yeah. And again, I, this whole pandemic, it's, it's made it clear. I've just been thinking a lot about how there are things God does in our lives only in isolation. And there are a whole lot of things mm -hmm. we get from God only in community. Yeah. 
And our local church is that community. Mm -hmm. And it's similar to a household. It's a place where we practice this Mm -hmm. with real people we know. And it's a model and a a place to spread out from to the bigger community. Um, In Galatians 16, Paul writes and he says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And so there is an importance of, you know, we can be like, oh, yeah, I love my community. But like, well, who are the actual people that you're committed to? Yeah. Where you are on a weekly basis, you're investing your time in people's lives, you're investing your resources, you're giving your money, mm-hmm. you're, you're bringing your life with a group of people to honor God and be loyal to him. And then from that to impact the world around you. So that's our household and then our church. Mm-hmm. And then the third place is, is our neighbor. Yeah. And that's, you know, the Bible talks so much about this. It's just the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was asked, what are the most, what's the most important commandment? And he said, love God with everything you have. Be loyal to him. And the second one is like it. Mm-hmm. In Mark twelve thirty one. he said, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Mm-hmm. What do you, you have any thoughts on, like, who our neighbor is and how, what that looks like, loving our neighbor? Yeah. Well, you know, I think like, so since I'm working still, I feel like my neighbor, like, yeah, it is like the people who are close to me in my neighborhood, but I also feel like that extends to like the people that I work with that are believers in Christ as well. So it's like Mm -hmm. during this time, how can I like encourage them and love on them and like really like give to them, like whether it be financially or, you know, I'm like going to bring you food for lunch or whatever it is. And so it's like that ripple effect. So if you can, if you can like, kind of like share that with people who like get the vision and get like the heart before it, like that's going to like, they're going to be able to like, um, it'll be a ripple effect. So it'll like continue and go and like, they'll be able to apply that to their family or like to their community as well. And so then it's like the big church as a whole. It's not just Mm -hmm. like my, my little church and like my family, but it's like, we're coming together as a big whole, like body of Christ. Love it. I love it. Emma. That's, that's cool. Yeah. And man, our neighbor, I think too, it's just the person close to us, Yeah. person in proximity with us. So Mm -hmm. her payment was Mikey, her friend, befriending this kid, Mikey. And then from that, their family yeah. built a relationship and it went from there. And I think even in my actual neighbors, uh, we have some good relationships and, but it's also, there is a challenge to go beneath the surface mm. and really like get to the real needs of people's lives. And that's where it takes some, some risk mm-hmm. and sticking our neck out there and sometimes being subversive, not just being nice, yeah. but yeah. speaking to the real issues mm-hmm. that are not honoring God or not, mm-hmm. not for their best. And so going there with people. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we, I love, you know, as a church, we have some official ways that we do this. You know, we, we partner with Shepherd's Crossing, which mm-hmm. is a ministry or an organization in town that supports the real financial needs of people. And we give part of our giving every month to Shepherd's Crossing. Um, some of us have been helping out or giving towards Mutual Aid MHK, which is a new mm-hmm. group that's emerging right now. Um, Life Choice Ministries is another great organization that helps um, people with difficult pregnancies or unplanned or challenging pregnancies to encourage them to keep Mm -hmm. their babies and provide support. Um, But really, as we've been talking about, it boils down to loving the actual one or two people Mm -hmm. around us or or more in in real ways. So that is good stuff. That's really good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I think that's enough for us to chew on here today. We want to kind of transition into looking at our plans as a church and where we're heading over the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks. And 
I really, it was walking into our little studio, studio here this morning. It was kind of cool to say, thank man, this has been a good thing that God's, mm-hmm. we've, God's used. And I want to give uh, thanks, especially to, to Michael Partridge, who I'm looking at right now behind the computer. And Marcel and Sharon Williams have done a lot, but they've really yeah. done a lot to make this happen. But so many people have been involved um, with our online thing mm-hmm. and staying connected during this time and loving people well. So thanks to all of you. We are excited, though, and so thankful that there are only like seven COVID cases in Riley County right now. There's only one new one in the last week, and thankful that things are opening up, mm-hmm. and it's important. We, our community needs people to be coming together, and, and, and we all need that individually, yeah. and so we are wanting to begin. We are taking steps, and mm-hmm. so that's been happening more and more, but next Sunday will be a big step for us. We are going to um, be, be taking that step forward. And so actually, we'll watch this little video, um, and it's going to give us a little bit of a sense of what we're doing next week. Hey, there's Eddie and Jenny. Hey, guys. Oh, look, Bo, Asia. It's great seeing you. Is that Luke? I think it is. Oh, my goodness. We're just kidding. We can't actually see you. But maybe next week at church, we're going to be meeting at our backyard for a backyard church at 10 a.m., yeah, weather permitting, we will be in the backyard at 3313 Gurman Drive. You're all invited to come. Of course, social distancing will still be in effect, but we got plenty of room to put some chairs around back here and enjoy each other's company and do a little worshiping actually together instead of through the screen. Oh, that'll be awesome. We've really missed everybody and can't wait to see you. Hope you can make it. We do have plenty of acreage to spread out and do the social distancing. All right. So. Take care, guys. Right. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Just kidding. And then I'll answer myself. All right. Yes. Yeah, so next Sunday, we are going out to Tom and Krista Thamer's house <laughs> out in the country, out by the lake. We'll be sitting outside, yeah. And but we're going to come together, and we'll uh, encourage you to bring, as they said, or they, I think they forgot to say, but bring your own lawn chair mm-hmm. or a blanket, something to sit on. We're going to spread out, and we'll be worshiping together. We'll be listening to God's word together, hearing some updates, and really just coming together, mm-hmm. and just just so excited about that. So May thirty first. It's going to be good. In fact, I think my, my 96-year-old grandmother is coming from Topeka and my sister all the way from California. Mm-hmm. So, man, people are coming from all over the world, so you don't want to miss it. This is going to be great. <laughs> Thamer's Backyard. There you go. I'll and, be in my house. <laughs> yes. Pray that it doesn't rain. Uh, I think the forecast is good, last I checked. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would, if, if it does rain, then we would, we would do another live stream at that point. So that's next Sunday coming together. Um, we will be wanting to practice some level of physical distancing just to to honor the guidelines of the county and also you know people at different levels of comfort yeah. with where we are so we will be we will be seeking to practice the third way as we come together there we go. in this way that's right <laughs> aren't you guys glad we spoke about this today <laughs> yes it's very applicable so that's that's next sunday and then the following week we are planning to be back at the Bluemont Hotel. So our, our old stomping grounds, 1212 Bluemont Avenue, fifth floor. We're going to be coming back together, and we'll have a table set up here this summer with a little bit of spacing out, too, up there. So for those of you who are comfortable coming, we want to encourage you to come. Um, of course, if you're sick, then we want to encourage you to wait until you're healthy yeah. um, and care about your neighbors that way. But if you're... Um, if you're healthy, we would love to have you come out. Mm-hmm. And we will be recording these, um, at least some version of our messages as we, as we did before 
the COVID issue and putting those on our website. Mm -hmm. But we are not planning to do something live online. Um, and we really want to be encouraging us to be coming back together yeah. in, per in person. Yeah. So that's that. That is that. And then one more thing yeah. we got going on. Yeah. We have two more things. Oh, two more. Th yes, two right. Kind of connected. Cool yeah. So yeah. So after this week, we'll, we'll, so we're talking about small groups. So, um, we're going to be taking a break this week, but then we're going to be, we'll meet this. This will be the last this week of the, small groups. Okay. All yeah. right, I had my facts wrong, but that's Sorry. why I have you. Don't want before. people to miss out on this week. <laughs> yeah, and then so they'll resume the week of the 14th. Um, so let us know if you're interested in getting involved with a small group or mm -hmm. what that looks like. And you can uh, message us at info at bluemont.church. And so the other thing that I wanted to tell you guys about that I'm really excited about because I think everybody should do this um, is the Tactics Project. And so that's going to begin June 16th. And what that is, it's a great opportunity for students to grow um, in their ability to introduce and talk to people about Jesus. And so this is going to be taking you to the next level of learning how to do that, how to ask good questions and all that mm -hmm. cool stuff that maybe you've never learned how to do that intimidates you. But, you know, it's like something that spikes interest and so i do encourage you guys to do it it's going to be great i'm signing up come on everybody that's great. should sign up yeah <laughs> so it's gonna yeah. be powerful so both learn reading this book but really the emphasis on getting out and practicing yeah which is how we're learning how we, how things change around us mm -hmm. too good well awesome um well that's pretty much it we want to close i just really want to pray for us and even as, as jeremiah encouraged us to pray for our city mm -hmm. so let's just take a minute and 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 pray Father, we thank you so much that you, like Pam said, we were lost. Every one of us starts out lost and broken and needing you and needing community. And I thank you that you reached out to me. I thank you that you've reached out to us mm -hmm. and loved us when we were the wrong kind of people. And you've been so patient with us, so forgiving, so generous, so abundant. God, we thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And Lord, even as we've, we've looked at your word and your heart, we're trusting, even by the Holy Spirit this morning, would you give us more of your heart? Would you give us your heart for those around us, your heart for our neighbors, your heart for our city, your heart for the, the place where you've put us? Lord, and we know that as, as you prosper our community, that we prosper too, and we thank you for that. And we even just embrace the reality of, of our, our well-being being connected with the well-being of the people where we live. And so, Lord, we, we speak a blessing to Manhattan, Kansas, to Kansas State University, to Fort Riley, to the other communities where, where those of us who are listening are part of. But we speak your blessing, your abundance, your peace, your prosperity, your salvation, mm -hmm. your kingdom purpose for this place. Yeah. And we agree for that that it's going to grow this week from where it was last week, and it's going to keep on growing, and we want to be in the middle of that, and we mm -hmm. thank you for it. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, have a good week. Let's keep on praying for the peace of our city, seeking it, mm -hmm. and seeing God expand us and encourage us and do good things in our lives as we do that. Love you all. Yeah. Can't wait to see you next Sunday.